one of the things we like to do on our meal weeks is to focus in on the cross, to focus in on the fact that Jesus suffered and died for us because he loves us. And I don't know if you've ever gone through the Bible wondering why is it that Jesus suffered and died? And you might think there's one or two or, or three reasons that Jesus suffered and died on the cross. But if you look through the New Testament, believe it or not, there are over 50 reasons, 50 things God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit had in mind in Jesus dying on the cross. And tonight, we're going to talk about one of them for just a few minutes. Jesus suffered and died to bring us to God, to bring us to God. And some of you might hear that and say, yeah, duh, you know, I've been in church for 30 years and, and I don't know how many times I've, I've heard that message. And yet I want to wrestle with it a little bit tonight because I think sometimes we take it for granted that Jesus suffered and died so that those who would trust in him could have a relationship with the creator of the universe with Yahweh, with the Almighty One, with El Shaddai, with the Rock of Ages, so that you and I could have a relationship with God. 1 Peter 3.18 says, Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. And here's that purpose we talked about, that he might bring us to God. Now bring up that next one, Andrew. We're going to talk about some of the things that we often think about that Jesus suffered and died to save us from when we trust in him. He suffered and died to save us from hell, an eternity apart from God, to save us from guilt. How many of us know that nagging inside where we know when we go to sleep at night, we can, we can get through the day and stay distracted pretty good, but we lay down in bed and that nagging feeling that tells us, I'm not right with God. There's some stuff in my life that, that's messed up, that's sinful. And if I'm honest, I know it, it separates me from God. Trusting in Jesus saves us from that kind of guilt. Because he, the righteous one, died in our place, the, the unrighteous ones. We've been saved from bondage to sin, not just the guilt of sin, but the Bible says that before we trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're actually slaves to sin. It's our master, and when it says jump, we say how high, and we don't have the power to say no. We're slaves to it. Trusting in Jesus saves us from hell, guilt, and bondage. But we can't stop there because it doesn't just save us from those awful things. It saves us to something wonderful. And that's that relationship with an everlasting, loving, heavenly Father. It wouldn't be that good of news if it wasn't for that. If it wasn't for the fact that we get a relationship with God, it'd be okay news. But we get a relationship with God. And I was thinking about how we get this when it comes to human relationships, when a man and a woman start dating and they get to that point where they start talking about marriage and, and they're really looking forward to it, they're not just looking forward to marriage because of the things they're going to be saved from, like ramen noodles every night. You know, that might be something some of them are getting saved from. Lonely Friday nights all by yourself, messy roommates. You know, those are some of the things you might be getting saved from when you get married, but it's not... 
It's not all about what you're saved from, is it? It's about what you're entering into. You're entering into a relationship, hopefully, with your soulmate, right? Somebody that you can share all of your dreams and hopes and fears with. And honestly, if you're talking about a, a Christian young man and woman that grow, grow up with the belief that what God teaches in the Bible is true, that that sexual relationship should be saved for marriage, they're also looking forward to that, right? Right? And that's, that's good. That's whole, amen. Now, all right, thank you. That is the way God intended it. Well, why do you think it is so many Christian kids get married earlier? Just, just think about it, right? Now, I want you to think about that. They're looking forward to that soulmate, to that special, intimate relationship. Now, let's shift gears and talk about a relationship with God. Obviously, we're not talking in sexual terms, but he does want an intimate relationship with us, a relationship that's built on love and faithfulness. And he knows that that relationship with him meets the deepest needs of our heart like nothing else can. Nothing else can satisfy us like that relationship with him. My question is, are you enjoying that? Number one, have you trusted in Jesus so that you could have that relationship in the first place? Have you looked at what Jesus did on the cross and said, that's for me. That's what I need because I've tried everything else and I know it doesn't make me right with God. So I accept that gift, Jesus. That's the first question. Number two, are you enjoying that if you made that decision? Are you enjoying that relationship with an almighty God? Just to shift gears one more time, maybe the relationship thing doesn't click with you. I don't know how many of you guys have been down to the state prison in Buckeye. Anybody ever visited there? A couple? I've been down there to visit a friend named, named Rusty who's now out. That place is in the middle of nowhere. After you drive through mile after mile of desert, you get there, you check in, then you take a bus that goes through mile after mile of desert, and you get in the prison, you do the visit, and then you kind of take those buses all the way back through. I'm talking about just God-forsaken land, just flat, dirt, nasty land. And I was thinking about how ridiculous would it be if Rusty, when he got out a couple years ago, and he did get out, what if he just stepped outside the prison and sat down in that desert, like 10 feet from the, the prison property line. And somebody stops by and says, what you doing, man? And he's like, oh, I just got let out. I'm, I'm free from, from prison. What are they going to ask him? They're like, what are you sitting out here for? He's like, I'm fine. I'm free. I'm out of prison. I'm good. Sure, it's hot. Sure, there's nothing going on. But what are they going to say? They're going to say, come with me. I want to show you a wide open world that's filled with wonderful opportunities. I want to show you a place where you can get a job. I want to show you a place where you can meet some friends and, and maybe a wife and make a family. There's so much you could be doing. Why are you sitting out here 10 feet from the prison line when you could be enjoying this whole world of opportunities? And I can't help but wonder how many of us who have trusted in Jesus are kind of doing that exact thing. We've trusted in Jesus, and we know he saved us from our sin. We know he saved us from hell. We know he saved us from bondage. But there's no joy in our lives. Maybe we've walked outside the prison, but we're sitting out in the desert. No zest for life, no passion for it. And God is saying, come with me. I want to show you so much in our relationship. 
As, as Big Daddy Weave said in a song a couple years ago, he's saying, I want you to come with me and dance in the fields of grace. They say, there's a place I love to run and play. There's a place I sing new songs of praise, dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. There's a place I lose myself within. There's a place I find myself again, dancing with my Father in fields of grace. There's a place where religion finally dies. There's a place I lose my selfish pride, dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. I love my Father. My Father loves me. I dance for my Father. My Father sings over me, and nothing can take that away from me. I wonder, are we enjoying that kind of relationship? Are we only focused on what we've been saved from and not on the fact that we've been saved to a wonderful relationship with an almighty God?